0: Interesting survey from the National Geographic Channel. According to this survey, 40% of Americans, 40% now, 4 out of 10, thought that preparing a bomb shelter or stocking up on supplies is a better investment for the future than a 401K. You believe that? Now, even if out of 40%, let's say the number is 20%. I mean, just to pe- for people that think that that's better than putting money is ahead. Interesting. Uh, you can buy a luxury bunker, by the way. Saw this on the internet for like twenty thousand dollars on the low end, fifty grand. gets you a real nice one. You can hang on for about six months, but what happens then? Uh, I, I mentioned that right up front because on this particular edition of the show, Graham, we're going to talk about the end. The end. The book is called End Times: A Brief Guide to the End of the World. Brian Walsh, Scott's good to producer extraordinaire, alongside has lined him up. Look, I uh, and we'll talk about this with Brian. Would I worry you for a minute? No, because if you're worried, because you are talking about the end, well, I ain't going to see it. Well, you know. <laughs> And look, there are occasions. I know I've seen features around Cleveland, other cities, where there are uh, you know bomb shelters that were built sure. in the fifties and fifties, in in, yes, in Maple Heights in the backyard. I'm sure somebody around you maybe thought about putting a bomb shelter in there when you were a kid, right? sure. Um, so uh, Brian, who'll be with us here in just a minute, has researched some of the different things we worry about or think about when it comes to what could affect life and culture. I mean, right now in the news as we're doing this uh, podcast, the Amazon rainforest fire is a big story. It's interesting, fascinating to see how that plays out, of course. But there are other ways that eventually this thing will come to an end. Now, right up front, full disclosure, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Me too. There is a Heavenly Father. I believe it's because of grace and only grace that I will have anything after this. Yes. Having said that right up front, I just, you know, for the record, get that out of the way. Same here. We haven't always been here, and we won't always be here. Right. Okay? Now, however you want to define what you think, that's, that's reality, right? I right. mean At least... My reality that I think about, okay, so Brian uh, researched and and did some things looking at how the world might come to an end, or how we could be literally you know shaken off our uh, the axis, if you will uh, could it be an asteroid that hits 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 earth? Uh, you know about nineteen oh eight an asteroid or a comet they think it was about one hundred and fifty feet wide exploded over Siberia, and that explosion. Affected some 770 square miles of forest. They're still studying that happened in, uh, in 1908. Volcanoes, yes, they are the ones we see. How about the ones that are, that we don't see, that are actually in the ocean, or maybe even one below Yellowstone, that Brian researched. Uh, nuclear war. We could help end it ourselves. See, that's the one that uh, that's the one that we that's about. that's it could happen instantly. We could do, it could do it today. You know, and you today served, we could. You served in the navy, yes. So there were probably constantly the 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 worry because. You know, as you would do drills, you would think, well, you guys are on the front lines. You guys got to get this taken care of before anybody else, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You 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 just – you do battle. You prepare for battle. And the only problem is, is that, you know, you full nuclear war, that's one thing you never really thought about because you always would think, okay, you have weapons to protect yourself. But – Would it ever really come to everybody hitting everybody? And I I just can't see that. And look, when it comes to climate change, global warming, however you want to word it, let me think. I, I am for a clean environment. I don't throw trash out. I try and do what I can. Right. I do not think you can currently replace what we can do with a gas engine. OK, you can't get a plane in the air on solar. I've not seen that happen yet. OK, so we we fossil fuel is is here and it's going to be around for a long time. Are there better, cleaner ways to do it? I am sure. And we're constantly improving on that. We're using less and less all the time. So that's good. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not too far out there when it comes to to some of that stuff. Having said that, I, I thought it was fascinating, you know, former President Obama. Uh, bought he and his wife recently bought a place at Martha's Vineyard. Yes, they did. And I saw a great video of him talking about global warming and man-made and what we're doing and how we're you know, screwing up the environment and how the sea levels are going to rise, uh, go up. Matter of fact, some 50 million people globally could be exposed to increased global flooding by 2040. Now, I will note because of my age... This number, this this date moves out every once in a while. Yes. There was a time, I think, when they said 2019. 2019. Well, we're getting close, so let's yes. move it out to 2040. Yes. Look, we have vacation for years uh, in Florida, and I've gone to the same beach since I was a kid, okay? Right. Now, you could argue all you want, but since I was a kid, the water at high tide came up to about the same spot it does now <laughs> as an adult. Sure. Okay? You measure it, sure. And, and that's a few years, but it's it's the same spot, right. all right? Now, having said that, and part some of it's tongue in cheeks. So don't send me a text or an email. But President Obama preached about what we have to do yes. because we're going to lose what, what what is around this country when it comes to oceanfront. Well, obviously, he ain't too worried if you bought a place on Martha's Vineyard. Right. Vegas. That's the thing. I'll, I'll just it's just that that that's the irony of it little irony yes i saw a video where they had a picture of uh, the video had him uh, uh in a speech talking about man-made global warming how we have to stop this or you know the part, sea level the sea level is going to rise well, obviously, he doesn't seem that concerned because his place on Martha's Vineyard, they said, could also be underwater. He'll get flooded first. But by 2040, maybe he thinks, what the heck, maybe it won't be around. Uh, artificial intelligence, uh, so many other ways. So so that's kind of the setup here for uh, for Brian Walsh. His uh, book, if you want to look into it a little bit more, it's just some interesting stuff to kind of ask yourself And some of the research he did. Uh, the book is called End Times, A Brief Guide Uh, To the End of the World, Brian Walsh, our guest on this week's, uh, this particular edition of the show, Grand Brian Walsh is a graduate of Princeton University, uh, worked as a foreign correspondent, reporter, editor for Time magazine, worked for them for about 15 years, founded an award-winning blog at time.com. He has reported from more than 20 countries on science and the environment, uh, global warming, extinction, all sorts of different topics, Right now, he writes for Bloomberg, Newsweek, Time. You can see him at the Medium sites as well, uh, their website. He consults and does a lot of work on on issues for corporations when it comes to sustainability. Apple's one of his clients, by the way. Uh, Wife's son, they live in Brooklyn. So that's who he is. He's been reporting and looking at layers of this story for years, and he finally sat down and put together a few things that he had researched and looked at over the years when it comes to the end of the world and end times and what may eventually stop all this. Could it be a virus, a disease of some sort, climate change, our own nuclear war, we do it ourselves, some volcano somewhere, an asteroid? Oh, my, are you worried yet? Brian Walsh in the book End Times on the showgram. The Wills and Snyder Showgram. The book is End Times, A Brief Guide to the End of the World. So while I have your attention, uh, Brian Walsh has put it together. Uh, he has observed the world in so many ways, reporting over the years, and the complexity and the, the layers of, of life. Hey, Brian, I, I just I wrote a simple note here to, to start with. Look, I think we can all agree we haven't always been here, and we won't always will be. So there are some signs that the end is near. Is, is, that, is that what you're reading?
1: Well, I think there are some signs that the end could be near. I mean, there are are threats out there that are getting really worse by the day. I mean, we've had, you know, big ones like uh, asteroids and volcanoes that have kind of always been as a possibility. Um, But what's really worrying are the ones that we're creating ourselves. Um, Might be something like nuclear war, uh, which has been around for some time. Or it might be some of these new technologies, things like biotech, things like AI, that present a new kind of risk to us that, you know, it's a powerful technology we may not really be able to control. And that can really... Lot of peril. And before
0: we get to a few examples, you know, currently in the news, the Amazon rainforest—I mean, something that we studied in school and the importance—and all the thing is on fire. That's a fascinating story to start with, you know.
1: Oh, absolutely, you know, and that—that's another sign, I think, of both a symptom of climate change and a sign of climate change, and you know, a cause of it too. And that's very worrying because you know that that has a huge impact. not just the Amazon; it's not just the rainforest and the species that live there, but of course, it has an impact on the entire world and the climate of the entire world. So. You know, if we lose that, if that begins to go, which, it, you know, is on its way to, that is a much more impoverished climate and much more dangerous for a lot of these kind of risks I'm talking
0: about. All right. While we're in climate change, let's just talk about that part of the book and, and the research and, and carbon and the capture of carbon. Uh, carbon, Talk about that some as you research this. What, what worried you? What, what you found out? What you maybe didn't know before over the years?
1: Yeah, for, for carbon capture is a really potentially exciting solution to climate change. A big problem, and I, I wrote about climate change for years as a reporter, is that it's hard to get people to change their lives in a way that you need to do to, to make a difference in, in terms of how we use energy and carbon emissions and so forth. So it's just, people just won't do it. And, you know, we can argue about that forever, but it's, it's not very fruitful. What's more useful is the ability to use a new technology to take that carbon out of the atmosphere. And in doing that, directly reduce global warming it would be the fastest way we could do it and do it in a way that really doesn't require us to change our lives. We just need to research and spend the money necessary to make that a reality. Because it's not yet. It's on the drawing board, but it's not something we can use
0: yet. Interesting. Let me jump around a little bit. Uh, volcanoes. Uh, you and I have been in the news business uh, in, in different ways, but we've had some huge eruptions over the years. And, and when you do, there's always a, a layer of the story that says, my goodness, what if this was bigger, and how it would affect the community around volcanoes or something that, that are of concern, right?
1: Yeah, and these are, these are volcanoes that are, that are unbelievably large than anything we've experienced before. I mean, maybe, you know, some of your listeners are, you remember Mount St. Helens. I'm talking about volcanoes that would be the equivalent of like hundreds of Mount St. Helens all going off simultaneously. One's actually beneath uh, Yellowstone Park, and that's erupted a few times in the last couple million years. If that were to go, and, you know, not a, not very likely, but, you know, if it were, you would have volcanic gas spreading across the continent. You'd have global climate cooling. You know, you'd lose farming. It would be a disaster beyond the scope of anything you've
0: ever experienced before. Uh, Brian uh, Walsh has written in Times, a brief guide to the end of the world. Okay, uh, out there, outer space, we have studied what we think happened when it, when it comes to the dinosaurs. And we have, we have some things we can get our hands on when it comes to studying asteroids, right?
1: Yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, I think asteroids are a great example of, of the things we can do to protect ourselves. You know, NASA and other astronomers have really created a program where we can go and track these asteroids, the ones that might come close to the Earth. I actually spent some time with people doing this kind of work. That's very exciting. And you actually have ideas about how you might deflect an asteroid. If it were on a collision course, you could actually use a nuclear bomb embedded in the asteroid. It wouldn't blow it up, but it would slow it down enough that it would just miss the Earth. And, you know, the fact that we could actually do that, and obviously the dinosaurs couldn't do that, and, you know, they're gone now.
0: You know, a couple of these things we've we played out in Hollywood in movies, so you sit there and watch the movie and you think, well, what if this did happen? Would we be ready in real life, right?
1: Exactly. You know, and I think uh, you know some of these are just, the, the, you know, the, they really are cinematic experiences. An asteroid is cinematic, a, a volcano. You know, we, we've thought about, you know, AI taking over Terminator, things like that. It's always been something we, 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 we think about. It. I think we fear, but also we kind of are fascinated by the possibility of uh, of the end times it takes different forms, different times of history. Right now, very focused on science, which I think it should be because it's really science that will both bring those risks to us, but also potentially, you know, come up with a solution for it as well.
0: You mentioned AI a couple times. L- let me kind of put together biotech and AI in that. I, you know, we, we've had some movies about this. Oh my goodness, if the germ gets out and what happens, and 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 artificial intelligence and and what is possible? Could we eventually outsmart ourselves and and something literally, you know, take over? Talk about what you found when you researched some of that.
1: Yeah, biotechnology is actually pretty, pretty worrying because, you know, you have these new kind of technologies, you have gene editing, CRISPR, things like that, and that enables you to engineer viruses that are actually much worse than anything you experience in nature. You know, that's, that's what keep us up at night because it's bad enough what, you know, what germs nature can produce. If human beings can produce something even worse, that's a plausible, you know, global threat to, to all of us. And that's getting easier and easier to do. You know, more and more people can do it. More people can do something, the better the chance someone will do it on purpose or even by
0: accident. Okay, finally, you look up at the sky. I mean, I always think we're not alone, uh, and it seems like every couple of months they find yet another galaxy. Who knows how many people are out there, or how many things are out there as well, right?
1: Exactly, you know. And, and I, I list aliens out there it, and if they do exist, and they're able to actually come to us. That would be so, you know, they'd be so technologically advanced that you know, if they're not very friendly, we'd be in a lot of trouble. You know, there wouldn't be even there wouldn't be like Independence Day in the movies. It would just be us, you know, being made to go. Uh, so I think we should hope that if they do
0: exist, they're friendly. Or maybe, you know, if they don't exist, that might be for the best, actually. It's fascinating stuff. Uh, book is End Times, A Brief Guide to the End of the World. Makes you think. Brian Walsh, good work on it. Thanks, pal. Thank you. With Lucky Lance slots, you can get lucky
1: just about anywhere.